everyone it's jeff jackson coming at you it is geeks who watch football we will be reviewing a very special indie game my personal favorite of the year indie game that is not my favorite game of the year but we'll get into that i wanted to i didn't plan on reviewing this game but given the fact of how much i enjoyed it and i believe it's also on sale currently on the playstation store i feel like i needed to talk about it but before i do this is geeks who watch football we post two episodes every week, one covering video games, the other covering football. And occasionally on the weekend, I get together with Phil and Kevin to discuss uh, movie reviews, TV shows, you know, on Disney Plus, anything in the Marvel or DC Cinematic Universe, etc. Uh, for those of you who are following it, I do post it on the Facebook page every time I upload the episodes. In addition, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Also, I upload it to my Twitter account, which is at MadTitan1018. You can follow me. I post a little bit more updates there, too, on Twitter in terms of not just audio episodes, but I share more of my thoughts on, like, the Dolphins and game-to-game commentary and stuff like that. So for people who don't want to listen to the podcast but want to know more of my thoughts on what games come out or stuff like that, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, But, yeah, getting into it. Like I said before, this is a game that... I was not planning to do a review on right before we the close of 2021, but I played it over Christmas break. Uh beat it basically in a weekend, and I really want to share my thoughts. Like I said, I think this is one of the best indie titles of 2021. So I'm not going to delay it much further. This is my review of Kena Bridge of Spirits. Kena Bridge of Spirits is an indie title. I believe it is the first game developed by Ember Lab. Uh, they were known for more of their fan uh, fan films, such as Majora's Mask, but it is available on PS4, PS5, and PC. It released in September 21st, 2021. Its current uh, cost is 40 bucks on the store or on digital and Steam as well, I believe, but there is a sale. Um, I think it's 40 bucks for the digital deluxe edition, which includes like extra costume, extra staff and stuff like that. But I believe, and don't quote me on it because the sale could be, I don't know when it runs out on the holiday time. I believe it's 30 bucks. So uh, it took me about 13, 14 hours to beat this game, give or take an hour, because I don't know how accurate the PlayStation counter is on my profile. I did play this game on PS5 just to give everyone context of where I'm coming from on it. Um. It did have, you know, so I don't know how it runs on PS4 as much. I would assume very good, but it had a performance or a quality option on PS5. I obviously chose performance to keep that solid 60 frames. So for me, the gameplay ran perfectly fine. No major game bugs or game glitches, which I have to put that disclaimer in the beginning because of games like Cyberpunk, because of games like Outriders that just, you know, completely crashed and pooped their pants in the launch part, you know. So I have to put that out there that this game is a single player focused game, too. So there's no multiplayer. So it's basically boot up, ready to go and play. Um, but yeah, for a first stab of it, the first thing when you boot up, cause I was asked by so many people when I was playing Kena Bridge of Spirits that it's a game that everybody had their eyes on, but nobody actually played. It was supposed to be a PS5 launch title with Demon Souls, but it got pushed back and delayed. And the first thing that jumps out to you is the art direction. This game is absolutely beautiful. It is, looks straight up like a Disney Pixar movie. Like it belongs in that universe, you know, with all of those titles like Moana, like Incredibles, like, you know, 
Last Dinosaur, Toy Story, you name it. It looks straight up like a Pixar game. The game, this is where their film background comes into place. The art direction is absolutely stunning in this game. Um, it you go to many different locales. It kind of takes place because the premise of the game is you are a kind of like a medium, like a spiritual guide to help spirits carry on that are you know into the afterlife, into the next world, and the game focuses on three particular tough spirits that are refusing to move on, whether it be for grief, uh, love, anger, something is holding them back from crossing over. And as a result, the in-between world is kind of, you know, getting corrupted and filled with these monsters and you got to push them in. And usually there's a friendly spirit that knows this, uh, you know, tormented soul via being, having a relationship with them being a sibling, being friends or a mentor. And you have to collect these relics to help remind them of who they are and what happened to get them out of this stage and to carry on. Uh, kind of thinking away of the story, it's very simple, but easy to understand and easy enough. It does its job. Think of like the medium if it wasn't a horror game, <laughs> you know, like very much that prospect of in a way you are a medium, but without all the horrors and you know what I mean? All the demonic monsters and stuff. There are demons in this game, but not to the extent, like I said, this is a Disney Pixar like game. Visuals are outstanding. Like I said before, there is a quality or performance mode you can run. I personally pick performance game ran buttery smooth. The visuals are great. You go everywhere from, you know, a forest path to an open world type Island. Think breath of the wild style to, you know, dungeons and fire pits that go underneath and caves. And at the end, you go into the the mountain shrine, which is a snowy, you know, snowy caves and stuff. Like there's a village hub where, you know what I mean? Where you can, um, where the main game takes place in terms of you always go back to that locale because that's where your mentor is. And he's kind of pointing you in the different direction of where to go. It's all just, it doesn't feel familiar it doesn't feel forced and like it doesn't feel like they're checking things off. This all feels like it's in the same location in a good way. It has a seamless transition and thanks to like warp points being all over, you don't feel like there's not much backtracking to do. The game is visually stunning. Like I said, it runs butter smooth. Character animations are great. Visual effects are nice. Comet effects. It's definitely the highlight of this game for an indie game. I am personally floored. This is a, to me, this feels like right up there, not quite as good as, but right in the level of Ratchet and Clank. This is like really good. This is to me for an indie game, the best visual indie game since Ori and the Will of Wisps. Like absolutely fantastic art direction. And I can't wait to see what other projects they have in store. Pacing wise, the game is perfectly paced. I just said I came in around 13 hours. The game, I just told you the story. Three spirits feels about the right amount of length, especially when you have to collect like three relics in addition to that. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It gets to the point. There's no feeling of dragging your tedium or, you know, there's no pacing issues at all. The game knows what it wants to be. Any longer might have been issues, but for people who want to spend more time in the world, it does offer these side quests like this uh, spirit mail, they call it. If you find these items, you can take it back to the village and opens up, you know, some challenge chests and stuff like that to open up more uh, cosmetics and more uh, level up points and all that fun stuff. So I think the pacing of the game is perfect, which has plagued some games of the past, other types of games. But uh, but yeah, let's get right into the gameplay now because we just covered the visual sound design. You just heard the intro music. It's absolutely, you know, perfect. Hits the tone. 
Does it detract from the game at all? Uh, so the game is, like I said, you're a medium. You get the staff with a gemstone in it. You automatically can block. The combat's very simple. Think like Zelda, almost like Breath of the Wild-like. Uh, you have your light and heavy attacks. You have a dodge. You have a shield. You can parry, but you have to time it perfectly. And the... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. When the shield breaks, you can't parry at all. You're just basically helpless. So you have to keep an eye on that. Um, you do later on get two items, a bow and arrow, and a bomb, think Breath of the Wild style, where you can chuck it to enemies that sticks and then shoot it with an arrow or use your shield burst to blow it up, which stuns enemies and also can be used for puzzles. But the combat doesn't get too much more advanced than that relatively early on especially once you get the bow and arrow it is what it is you do unlock like some extra abilities on top of it like you can shoot more arrows before reloading you can throw more bombs before running out you have a slowdown ability when you use your bow and arrow in midair like stuff like that adds to it and you can increase the strength of your shield but overall the combat kind of is what it is and it doesn't it's very you know simple but effective it does what it's supposed to do the enemy variety is pretty good, so there's enemies that will make you use all your abilities. Like there's some enemies that are weak to the bombs that explode out of their shells. There's some that are better, like the air enemies are really prone to the um, bow and arrow tactic. And you get into that flow of combat of when you enter a situation of, okay, I'm going to take out the flying guys first, then I'm going to worry about the dudes in the middle. I could always throw a bomb and slow them down while I pick off the arrow, got the flying enemies. You know, oh, this enemy is a bigger enemy, requires parry. All right, let me get rid of all the other guys so that doesn't interrupt my blocking. You know what I mean? So you get, start to figure out that type of situation. Um, the puzzles and platforming similarly are very simple. Um, Zelda, like Uncharted, like, of okay, you got to, you know, platform across areas, use your bond to blow up the different boulders, you know, shoot bow and arrows to move platforms around. Very straightforward. Um, but... The platforming can feel a tiny bit off to me. The It feels a little stiff. What I mean by that is there's times where you just feel like you grab onto a ledge and your character just awkwardly falls through. And there's times where Kina doesn't quite grab the ledge like I would and the jumping can feel inconsistent. But given the games, you know, that this is an indie title and this is their first major game, I'm kind of cutting them a little bit of a break. But it's a minor nuance. But when you get to some of the trickier segments later in the game, this becomes an annoyance. And this includes combat. The pacing of the game is really good, but the difficulty spikes, my goodness, are really bad at the end. But the combat, like I said, is utilized pretty well in um, certain areas and arenas. The boss fights really test your metal. The game has pretty well designed boss fights i uh, think it almost has a dark souls like caliber to them where it requires patience you're gonna have to memorize their patterns you're probably gonna die once or twice your first couple times but then once you figure out their niche you should have no problem with them uh i have not tried the game on the master difficulty yet which unlocks once you beat the main campaign but most of the boss fights and i say most because there's an exception i'll get to that when i get to the negatives um, the boss fights feel pretty fair. It's a little bit of a jump and a surprise because you go from a simple, elegant, cutesy platformer to, you know, a Dark Souls esque because these boss fights do feel like straight up Dark Souls slash Metroid Prime, like Metroid uh, Dread, I mean. Like they straight up feel like one of those boss fights. So you go from cutesy to holy crap. But at least throughout most of the game, it's pretty straightforward of what to do. You just got to memorize their patterns, be patient, pick away their health, wait for your opportunities. So I still think the boss fights are really fun overall. Uh, and add to the game immensely but 
so other things to think of when you, like i said the game starts pretty linear there is a map it gives you but it does open up especially after you take care of the first spirit but it's not overwhelming which i like it doesn't just drop you in a completely open world there's still a general direction of where to go you can do it in any order you choose which i like um and if you do get lost it kind of can shove you in little cues like characters mentioning it to you warp points that highlights it on a map with a nice little yellow triangle where to go or a yellow circle i mean like so there's always that incentive of if you feel lost it'll tell you where to go and like i said as you unlock warp points warping back to the village is pretty straightforward and simple some things you'll do besides combat and puzzle solving in the game is you are you're surrounded. Kina is a spirit guide, like I said. She has, and you've seen them before in the game, these little Pikmin-like creatures called the Rot. Uh, as you collect more of them, there are 100, I believe, in the game. You can unlock more abilities. Uh, more. You can expand your skill tree, is what I mean. And your abilities do more damage the more you collect. I didn't get all 100 personally. I think I got 90 or 89, I want to say. Enough to unlock most of the skill tree, but I think I had one item I didn't get, so I almost fully leveled up Kina by the end of the game. And you have little spheres of what you can use your rod abilities. I believe you can get a total of five. I had four by the end. So I was right there at the end of max leveling. Uh, and like I said, you use this experience points. There's two types of experience points. There's uh, karma and gems. Uh, in addition, you can also throughout the game find meditation circles, they're called, and they increase your overall health. But one of my concerns or complaints with this game, though, is... It is very simple. It is very easy to dive into. It's very, you know, shallow in some areas. But the cosmetics, I really wish it was, it would do a better thing of because you get a lot of gems. You're collecting gems right in these chests. You find a hidden thing. Oh, it's gems, gems, gems. The only thing you can really purchase in this game is hats for your rotted. And the hats and masks are really cute. They add a little look to the game, right? And especially when you get to like a hundred of these suckers following you around, it can be really cute to see them wearing Santa hats, elf hats, you know, masks of enemies you defeated. You know, it goes all over. There's literally all types of it. Uh, Western hats, like you name it, it's on there. I just wish there was more cosmetic, you know, ability, like things you can purchase, like stuff for Kina. The digital deluxe edition, I believe, comes with an outfit for and a different staff, but that's it. That's your only method of getting it. I would have liked to see like, oh, you can change your shield color. Oh, you can change your gem color. Oh, you can change your staff. Like that type of cosmetic would have made me inclined more. But since all this extra stuff and all these side quests, all they really do is lead to more hats for your rotted. There's not much to me, at least, incentive besides getting a trophy to doing these. Uh, the abilities upgrade is fine. Um, like I said, you get enough abilities, but to me, the, the lack of uh, the lack of cosmetics is a disappointing one. And that gets me into my other complaint with the game. As much as I like, like I said, the sound design is fantastic. Art direction is top tier of games this year. Combat is simple, effective, surprisingly deep in some areas, like when it comes to the boss fights. Pacing is great. The difficulty spikes of the game are real. The last two bosses specifically are a big old kick in the teeth. And I'm not going to spoil them because, you know, I don't want people like this is a relatively this is a spoiler for your view. I can do a spoiler one, but I don't feel like it's necessary. The final two bosses of the game, and you'll know it when you get to it, are absolutely a kick in the teeth. You basically have to have perfect parrying. You cannot make and when the combat feels as stiff as like I said, it's it, like for some of your abilities, you have like the smash attack, which is really does a lot of damage if you time it right. 
you can't be moving the analog stick at all when you do your rotted smash with your staff. You have to stop, hit R2 square, and do it. And when you're in the middle of dodging a dude that's doing a 10-hit combo on you, Dark Souls style, like think Artorias, with the, you know what I mean, the rolling three slashes in a row, it's really hard to time that right. And it's basically they kill you in two hits. And it just is absurdly difficult. People who thought Metroid Dread was bad, this is like hold my beer. And the second boss fight has like five stages. If you die at any point, you have to start it all over again. So it's like one of those. I didn't find the second stage or the second boss to be quite as bad as the first. But the first is just a complete utter like you have to parry. Well, there's no other way to beat it either. And I don't like that. There's other bosses in the game. You have the flexibility of, yes, it's easiest to do it this way. But if you want to spam arrows, as long as you're dodging good enough and you're building up your rot, you can do it. Dark Souls is that way too. Like, yeah, you could cheese Gwen at the end of the first game and just parry him. But if you want to roll around and use magic, you can. In this game, I feel like that option is taken away from you on the last two boss fights. Like, no, you must do this to beat them. If you are bad at parrying, you will not beat this boss. And I myself am a pretty average, slightly below average parrier. So now by the end of that boss, my parrying was pretty good. But it's incredibly frustrating. And given that you can't parry once your shield breaks, meaning if your timing is off on your parry, he's going to break your shield and then he's going to follow it up again. And there's nothing you can do because if the game doesn't want you to roll, it wants you to parry. So once your shield breaks, you're basically fucked in that final boss. Like I said, the, all the boss fights in this game aren't this way. It's literally just these final two. And even the fi- the set, the last final boss, I'm not going to say what it is because it's kind of, it's a spoiler, but you literally have to do it one way. I picked up on it. If not, the boss fights twice as long. And you'll know it when you get to it, what I mean. And you get some of your abilities taken away. So you have to really go and grind through the final boss because your ability to do massive damage is taken away, which further adds to the frustration. And there's platforming levels. And of course, that always can lead to frustration as well. But especially once again, the only time... I when the, I'm willing to forgive when a game is a little stiff or a little wonky, but when it re- requires precise timing, the reason games like Dark Souls and Ninja Gaiden and Devil May Cry get away with being so demanding is their controls are spot on. When you hit circle, you're rolling. Devil May Cry, it's on you if you make a mistake. Like if you mess up a combo, it's on you. And I don't feel like Keen is that way because I feel like they still haven't hired out all the kinks yet. You might it might not be your fault. So to put it in perspective, that's what I think of with uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits. Like I said, ever, other than that, the game is absolutely fantastic. It's worth a playthrough. I really hope Ember Lab Studios does another one. I'm really excited about this. It's one of my top 10 favorite games of this year, and it is my current favorite indie game of this year. My favorite indie game since Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So... Overall, Kena Bridge of Spirits is a brilliant crack at uh, first crack at a new IP. The stunning art direction and brilliant visuals are sure to draw people in. However, the surprisingly fun combat and level design will keep people around to completion. The boss fights come with some challenge and are satisfying to defeat. They involve precise timing, patience, and memorizing attack patterns. There are some setbacks, though, many that can be pointed to a limited budget. The platforming can feel stiff at times, and the controls can sometimes feel a tad off especially when interacting with the environment. So difficulty spikes at the end are sure to lead to uh, frustration. However, these are blemishes on an otherwise charming game. I hope with the 
that with the SQL developer Ember Lab is able to flesh out the combat more and give us more customization options. The future is bright for the series, and I hope to see more titles like this in the PS5's future. My final score for Kena Bridge of Spirits is an 8.5 out of 10. One of the bright spots of the PlayStation 5 and PC, it's basically a game for everybody. If you are a fan of combat, if you're a fan of platforming, like I said, the art direction enough, everybody asked me, should I play Kena? Should I rent it? I'm like, I would play it. It's under 40 bucks. Even at max price, it's 40 bucks. If it was a 60, $70 game, I'd say eh, rent it. But at 40 bucks, you really are going to enjoy this, folks. This is going to hook you in. Like I said, I generally don't binge games. I beat this game in three days. I loved it. I think Kena is worth a try. And like I said, I want to see Ember Lab make another one of these. And because they definitely sets up it can you can definitely and you could make a new project altogether but i'd like to see them build upon this because i think this game lays a solid foundation and i really think with a second crack at it they could expand the combat options they could expand the customization they can make this game much deeper and fix some of those blemishes that i have with like the stiffness and the awkwardness of uh, controls so i'm really looking forward i hope that we get to see a sequel and for everybody listening that owns a ps5 ps4 pc Go play this game. Go pick it up. Like I said, it's one of my favorite titles of 2021. But that's going to do it for us for today. Uh, Just a friendly reminder, please leave a like. Please leave a review. Please subscribe. However, any one of the three, uh, we're wrapping up near the end of the year. I'm going to be next week releasing my top 10 favorite games of 2021. In addition, I'm going to give like a state of the address of like the next season of Geeks Who Watch Football, some changes that are coming down the line, what's in store for 2022. So be sure to keep it posted on that. Um, In addition, I'll be updating people on my Twitter and on the Facebook page as well as new things come around. Uh, I just got together with Phil and Kevin the other day. We are going to be releasing the Hawkeye Review, the Christmas show for Disney Plus that came out this past uh, in December. So uh, be sure to check that out. In addition, we'll be going to be going through some more sports talk with Paul and Matt. That'll be launching this week as well. Thank you to everyone for listening and hope you guys have a happy holidays and everyone stay safe out there.